So it's uh, Monday. It's just after 7 p.m. because we were a little bit long. You know what time that is? It's what audio time it? podcast time. Audio podcast time. That was, that was my own personal analog filter going on there. That, that's awesome stuff. Do you want to kill your video and we'll get your audio quality back up? Yeah, sure. Mute, mute off know. your video, yeah. I was, enjoying my, I was enjoying my Google mustache there. I'm going to get rid of my Google mustache and go back to muted video. There, there we go. go. Oh. So emotional. Um, I'm Scott McLaugh. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, Scott Hewitt here as always. I'm joined this week by... Scott McLaughlin. Hello, Scott. This is a... Show yeah, hello Scott. Hello Scott. That's fantastic. This is show thirty-nine, only one more show to Christmas, and as promised, we're festive sleigh bells. Oh, my sleigh bells are in the room next door. Uh, I'll maybe I'll have them for the end of the show. <laughs> there we go. Uh festivity um, uh, done. Can we also note the uh, spectral energy of the snowbell is is concentrated right around the clipping point of the mic on my built on this thing? <laughs> uh, I was getting some really awesome festive clipping going on there. Festive distortion. Well, you know, we played a little gig the other night, and we had some some uh, sleigh bells going on at it, and those things are loud. They're really loud. They're kind of you can hear reindeer coming ten miles away type loud. Yeah, they they, they, they they do cut in, don't they? They do, but I love it. <laughs> Fair enough. I ain't knocking it. Cool, so shall we get into uh, the show notes? It's, um, what what day is it? It's Monday the 12th of December 2011, there we go. People keep yeah. saying that we should have, you know, the dates. Say yeah. the dates of show. So, show 39, only one more show to Christmas on the 12th of the 12th, 2011. There we go. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, first up, we're going to talk about some Melodyne. We can do, yes. Yeah. So, a Melodyne 2. Yep. Editor Maybe is. Maybe edit to the new Melodyne Selimony, Selimony Melodyne editor. Yep. What did you think of this? I'm, I'm, I should say right off the bat that even though I may drop a couple of criticisms over the next minute, this is still a fantastic piece of product and, and a milestone in audio editing uh, technology. Yeah, it, 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 it looks pretty incredible. Yep. Um, yeah. It, it, it does look really cool. Really, 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 really well done. Um, I've only had a little look at some of the videos, but some of the videos look absolutely fantastic. Well, um, I've used it before. I mean, I, I downloaded the trial. I messed around with it. It did lots of impressive things. And then a couple of years ago, there was the whole have they, haven't they thing where they appeared to have been able to edit polyphonically. And then for a while, it wasn't sure. But then it turned out they could. All right. But that's, you know, that I've spent so long teaching computer music classes, telling people, oh, yeah, you can't edit in any kind of polyphonic thing. If you've got polyphonic sounds going on, you're just going to, you're stuck with it. You have to move the whole spectrum or nothing. And then these guys came and, and now you can, just like that. Yeah. The, Which is it, it is really cool, isn't it? And they've definitely kind of redefined the, uh, what the practical limitations are now going to be again. Absolutely. So the question then is with this new, new version, what, what else have they done that's new? I mean, looking at it, I looked across the, the videos for the new things they've got. The extended timing tool thing is is cool. The, ver the What they put on the video didn't really convince me, but I can see, and I think Peter Curran said the same thing this week, that it's, it, it, well, what he said was that there are a lot of creative possibilities, not just in fixing stuff that's wrong, but in adding new type of uh, distortions, modulations to sound using these time, time shifting tools. Yeah. It, it does look really great, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, 
it did in the video it appears to have a limitation i mean what they're doing in the video is is that they have basically time stretch tools in there that the sound is segmented you can go in and stretch the transient of the sound stretch the inside and time shift within any given kind of partial of sound you can take a single partial out of a sound a time stretch that partial on its own that kind of stuff but the way they were showing the transient editor it seemed it seemed a little limited but I think that's just the way that they were showing it in the video. They could have showed some more creative stuff in the video, I thought. Yeah, I, I guess what, they, what they're wanting to do with the video, though, is just kind of showcase, you know, to people who don't know, don't know what's yeah. possible. It's, you know, it, it, it was very kind of like, you know, this common problem that you have and there's just no way around fixing it. Here you go. Yep. And in, in those yep. kind of scenarios, the simpler the illustration, the better, isn't it, in terms of, you know, making yeah, it no, really important. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, S and all that. Yeah. No, I think my criticism was more that in the video they presented three or four examples, and most of those examples were doing kind of the same thing. But yeah. um, but that said, they also had this uh, the tuning and scaling thing. This I think is absolutely fantastic. You can stick any piece of audio in here, and then you can create a grid set to any kind of pitch scaling you like. You can have you know a hundred notes inside a semitone. You can create all sorts of crazy Arabian scales and Greek scales and whatever. And you can just retune your music to that, just like that. Yeah. Well, that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, obviously, if you want to find out more about it, there's a really simple option. There's actually a 30-day trial version available. So, you know what I mean? Go yeah. check it out. It's a, it's so that, tonight, that was my big talking point one. I mean, I know I was just basically saying it's awesome, but that's it is awesome. Oh, definitely so. No, it is. I agree. Okay. It's cool. Should we move on? Yes. Cool. So, um, CDM have a article about the tetrafoil sound object sound objects by the guys who did Monome. That's pretty cool. I think uh, Sam Freeman's put this in here because uh, Sam can't be here today due to a uh, well due to Apple actually, but we'll talk about that next week when he makes it back. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know much about this it's article actually. Has uh, have, have Apple bumped off Sam Freeman or kidnapped him for some strange reason? I think they've heard his laptop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he was unable to be here in person or remotely. So such it is. Um, th this is a device where you can, um, by by handling it, you can make sounds, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and, and obviously, not in the way that, that say you can handle a guitar and make sounds, or handle a flute to make sounds. No, you just pick this thing up, and the act of handling it will make sounds. Yeah, and as you'd expect, built by the guys who make the monome, it's an incredibly well put together piece of hardware. Um, yep, it's it's you know I mean I'm saying they they make things that look beautiful as objects and then worry about you know whatever things they do. It, so it's pretty cool. I wondered, and I didn't get this from the interview, but I wondered if any of the people involved in this had anything to do with the old MIT Sound Lab. The uh, I don't know. The, yeah, well, there was a bunch of things like that, kind of materials, soft materials with conductive wires in them that you could you could squeeze like squeezy toys, and they would generate sound and stuff. But this is this is in a proud tradition, and of course, as you say, if it's coming from Monome, then it's it's going to be a really good product. Yeah, open source circuits and firmware. Yeah, it's and uh, the code and materials are available via GitHub as well, so you can go check it. Go check out all those sort of items there. Yeah, I mean, that relates to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with open source hardware coming in. This this is yet another example of good people doing good stuff with open source hardware. Yeah, definitely They've so. got a limited run at the moment of 100 and the device is selling for $110. That's that's yeah. actually pretty good as well for, for general general monoam kind of prices. 
Yeah, no, that, that's great stuff. In, in, in a classic uh, tap moment, I'm reminded of an interview I listened to, I think, last week from Linux Outlaws, who were yeah. talking about color correction on Linux. And to do color correction on Linux has always been very problematic. And as part of the solution, they're now in the process of working towards, they're actually building open source hardware to do the color, co co color collaboration, collaboration with. So that's a, open yeah. hardware is really kind of triumphing and solving these kind of problems, I think. All right, groovy. <laughs> Indeed. Shall, Sorry, we, shall I, we move I on again? Else to go with that. Yeah. Oh, no, there was nowhere else to go. I realized as I was going, I was like, you know, it's kind of a fun aside here, but, you know, yeah. Let's move on. There we go. Uh, some sound library action. Everybody loves a sound library. Yes, I'm going to say what I said before, which is everyone loves a sound library. <laughs> um, Hiss and Roar have got a new one out, which, which is Chimes. And everyone loves Chimes. And now that they're in sound library, it's a perfect universe. Indeed. I mean, what I was going to suggest there was that I should make a sound library of myself saying how much I love a sound library. Yeah. And I could just sample that, but that was a pretty terrible idea. There are times, oh, they have some sleigh bells in their things, actually, in their picture. There are times when I think we should maybe make ourselves a tap sound library, actually, of kind of I like... Know. No, you mean key tap phrases or stuff like that, perhaps, for people to be able to, to use and enjoy in their own time. That's a, yeah. They have a sleigh bell, so I wonder how many. Maybe I should. We could have, you know. <laughs> You're not going to load up the sound of their sleigh bell to cover your sleigh bell. No, our, our, our sleigh bells are authentic. They were the real. I'm sure theirs are as well, but, you know, yeah. mine were authentically in my hand, That's uh, which I liked. That's kind of cool. Uh, so that's his and Roll. Yeah. There's a part of me that looks at these and goes, these are really expensive, like $99 for the Chimes one. I mean, but the other part of me says, yeah, but they took a long time to put together. There's a lot of careful craftsmanship gone into this, as much as you can carefully craft a recording, which I think anyone listening will probably agree that you really can. 24 bits, 192K, four channel recordings. You kind of can't argue with that. Well, it's also the quality of the equipment as well, isn't it? Because... Yeah. If you were to go out and buy, I'm saying MKH 800s, you know, I mean, if you were to go buy or rent the equipment, you would be spending yeah. significantly more money than that before and, you even made a recording, wouldn't you? So, and as well as that, you've got the issue that just looking at the nice picture they've got of all the chimes they've used. I mean, I know from personal experience, given that I have about a, a tenth of what they've got here in my house, that these things are not cheap. Yeah. Not counting the big stuff, there's, not, there's still probably, well, there's a lot of money's worth of chimes there. But I think there was a part of me that thought, yeah, I could just record this myself. But, you know, these guys know what they're doing. They've, I, I, I yeah, yeah. I, I take back my $99 is expensive argument. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, there you go. Okay. Um, we've got another sound library coming up, which is always nice. I thought this was awesome. So, um, <laughs> yeah. A boom library have the interface as that a sample library, and this is a sample library of interface sounds. Oh my god! Oh yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. I have to admit, I hadn't seen this one coming. But now that you say it, two, two, two and a half thousand, well, twenty-two hundred interface sounds, buttons, clicks, slides, and jingles. I, I can see the professional Foley community really requiring something like this. Yeah, and I think the th the thing to bear in mind, isn't it, is that if you're if you're working on a professional, if you're working in a professional context, and this is one of the many things you have to do in a day, then yeah. having these resources available under licenses that allow you to use them as you want to use them, being able to just reach in and grab the thing you want is ideal, isn't it? Really, just there, done. 
Well, I'm just looking through their data sheet of all 2200. I'm presuming it's all 2200. There's quite a lot of things on here. And yeah, they've gone to a lot of detail. There are 20 arcade click negatives in there. Varying types of bit crushing, doorbell short note, long ones, reverberant, bassy, sustainy. That's quite a bit of detail. In fact, the arcade click thing runs to about 150 of them. No, sorry, just under 100 of oh, various neutral, negative, and positive click arcade sounds. Yeah. Yeah, I admire the level of detail. Oh, de definitely so. You know what I mean? It's good to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's fine. As always, you could, there's a couple of audio previews um, up, up online um, on the store. Um, if you want to know how to get to any of the things we talk about in the show, then obviously you just go to the wiki, which is wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk. And from there, you can find our show notes. And from there, you can go and click on things. And Woo! it's awesome. And after me complaining about the price of things, uh, we are now going to move on to Apple Logic, uh, which the price thing is an entirely different argument. Yeah, so uh, Apple have put a Logic Pro 9 is on the Mac App Store and seen a price reduction. Yep. Uh, so $139.99 if you're in the UK, £139.99. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive, considering that you get still, what is it, up to 19 gigs of content. So all the Apple sound libraries and stuff that come with Logic come down with it. Yeah. And as someone else pointed out, that MainStage is an even more impressive drop. MainStage, the application for live performance and that, uh, is now £20.99. Yeah, it's which, hard not to get that. Yeah, I'm saying that's basically at a price where you might as well try it now. Exactly. And uh, a lot of people argue that in the digital world, that's a much better way to price things. Well, the, the, the artificial pricing of here's your box and here comes a whole load of paper with it and other sort of things. And yeah, let's face it, people had been getting into, we'd pretty much hit the point where you get a, you know, you get an, a big box, which basically has nothing in it but a disc. And yep. the disc has the manual on it anyway. And then inevitably you put the disc in and the first thing that happens is you discover your disc is an out of date version. Right. And there's, a, you know, an update online and then. If, if you're lucky, you can just go download the version from online and put in the yeah. license code off the back. And if you're really unlucky, you have to install your out-of-date version and then install, you know, and then run the update internally inside the application. So it, it makes sense to, it does make sense to distribute things through the App Store. I think there's, yeah. you know, there are lots of concerns about using the App Store if you're a third party. But for something like Apple, it makes perfect sense that they would put, use their own App Store Absolutely. to do this now. So. And I mean, it's funny that well, there's always a lot of chatter about the App Store these days. But of course, you know, Linux have been doing this for years. Yeah, this is this is the normal way to do things in the land of Linux. That, that's very true. I think, I yes, ish. I I think we should acknowledge there are differences between a open. There are differences between an open source package manager such as Apt or Pacman or Yum or something. Oh, sure. And the App Store on OS X. But yes, I. Yeah. In in terms of the delivery model, in that oh, you want this yeah. application, go to your application on your OS and say, get me this, please, and it arrives. Is yes. Yes. No, I was purely talking in terms of the delivery model. Yeah. No, there are many other ways in which they are significantly different. Yeah, that's okay. I was just nervous we <laughs> were going to get like a... even say ideologically oppositional. Yeah, that that's that's a good way of putting it. I was just very much aware that that kind of statement in that sort of sphere is likely to prompt yes. you know, a lot of ideological email at us and <laughs> I didn't want that to happen. 
don't want to spend my yeah. I don't want to spend the time in this lead up to Christmas dealing with a uh, you know the anger uh, of the various communities. So I apologize for that. No, no, that's okay. I think so my... basically we're happy with Logic coming out uh, Pro Nine being cheap and main stage being cheaper and it all being downloadable. Yeah, we think that's that's, that's pretty cool. Do you, you know is is it Logic Pro Nine? I'm seeing. At this sort of price, are, are Apple maybe positioning for something to come on top of Logic, or is this just, or, yeah. or, or is this just it? I'm saying for somebody like Pro Tools, dropping the entry requirements for their stuff makes sense because their their main interest through Avid or something like that is just the you know the big, the big rig selling now. But yeah, sure. You know, our, I guess the Apple argument is is that you buy their laptop and that's the big rig sale, and then this is just extra little bits. So. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot of chat about that, and with the whole um, uh, the video thing, whatever it's called. What's it called? You know where I'm going with this. Uh, Final Cut X. Yeah. So the, the the logical step would seem to be that there is a Logic Pro X coming, but who knows? Apple have Apple have dangled things like that before and not done anything. And there's there's whole different there's whole different issues why why Final Cut went to Pro X that don't necessarily involve uh, Logic, but Logic doesn't have to go that same route. Well, I guess we, we, are due a, uh, we are due an update to Logic Pro 9 at some point. So I guess when we see the update, we might see a divergence inside it, you know, of perhaps there being a, you know, perhaps it'll come in multiple versions or something like that. We don't really know much about, much about it. I, I am reminded, I, I am also reminded that GarageBand is like £9 or something now, isn't it? So... Well, that was my exact next question. How much does GarageBand cost these days? Yeah, yeah uh, I think GarageBand is about nine pound or something like that. So, it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good deal, really. Yeah. I, yeah. For a long time, we actually recorded this show, as people know, on on GarageBand, and it worked perfectly well. Yeah. Yeah. In in fact, um, it was incredibly useful because the vast well, everybody who works as part of part of the team has access to a Mac running GarageBand, so hence it was actually the file, it was the project file that we could make and distribute between everybody for, with no penalty, so. But, but isn't that the kind of the goal in some ways, that because, because it was the cheap thing that was on everyone's computer, that that's the thing that everyone uses, and that's, that's why, you know, that, that's why uh, VHS beat out Betamax. Yeah, yeah. No, I think More I think. or less. Ish. I'm going to say ish again. Tonight will be the night of grand statements that don't actually hold up to massive uh, close examination. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Well, let's move on from uh, Apple um, in, into, a, in, in, into a couple of stories. Uh, well, a couple of things. First of all, some special offers. Um, XLL Audio. If you buy Addictive Drums or any bundle that includes Addictive Drums, you can get two AD packs for free with it. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. There we go. Um, I don't think I have anything else to add to that. Nope. Cool. What's well, um? I, th I thought we Perfect. had another offer as well or something, but maybe we don't. Oh. No. No. That's fine. Cool. Oh, so um, so if you've been um, if you're not a Logic user, perhaps you're a Pro Tools user. Um, in which case, uh, Pro, Pro Tools Ten, the 30-day trial is now available. So you can select your free trial online. Um, to do it, you must have a iLock USB smart key, though. Yeah. So. Is, is that a problem? I've never had one for Macs, but are they hard to get? No, I don't think uh, they're hard to get, but 
you you need one you can only have one trial per per iLock account so right sure yeah, I mean but that's fair enough yeah, I, I, I was just thinking hey I might download this just for you know and yeah have a play of it just for fun but I don't have iLock smart key no I'm so. the same I would like to have taken uh, an hour or so to run through this and see what it was like but nah no iLock no fun it it always that frustrates me with trials like this you know what I mean it kind of like you know yeah. You know, Can I'm, I offer you a pen that we are eye locked out? Eye locked out, that's nice. Yeah, yeah there you eye go. locked out. But nonetheless, it's available. Um, we've talked a lot about Pro Tools 10. It looks pretty awesome, um, both both on the H, both on the HD side and also on the software side of stuff. So yeah, I cool. I, I think it's exciting what what they're doing there, what Avid are doing, and I think in many ways they're going to they're going to start to really push the envelope in terms of what people are expecting and stuff. So that's pretty cool. But like is it. it as cool as what Lemur have done? Yeah. But this is... I, I was thinking about this. This is like the the greatest non-story of all time, really. I know. It, this is the greatest, oh, look, well done. You've done this thing that you should have probably done a while ago, but probably could only do now. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the Lemur is now available on an iPad. Hooray! Yeah. Now, bizarrely... I say I have to be completely honest here because I had thought this this kind of the rumor of this came up a couple of weeks ago and we'd actually reported on the rumor of this happening. Yep. And at the time when the rumor of it happened, I thought to myself, really? I thought that was already done. But no. no. So I think a lot of people are probably like, really? That's only just the case? And Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Well, it's a kind of funny thing, isn't it? The the company could have just said nothing and released it quietly and just pretended like it had always been that way. And instead, they've they've gone for not a big splash, but you know they they they've noted it's out there, and and it has mainly prompted people to say, really, there was still such a thing as the hardware lemur. Well, no, the I think the hardware lemur has been dead for a while now, hasn't it? Oh, has it? I was unaware of that. There yeah, I don't think you can buy the hardware anymore. Okay. But I guess a lot of people were still using it, yeah. and the software was probably still being updated. But we don't know. I think we we reported on the end of the hardware because there was basically mm -hmm. a point where it was like we're making no more. What is left is left, and once it's gone, it's gone, kind of thing. And there was a bit sure. of a a rush from some people to get in there because at the time they said, at the time it was like, well, it's obvious, obviously makes sense to go to a tablet, but at the same point they weren't in a position to be able to go to the tablet yet, so they were kind yeah. of keeping quiet about that. Um, if if you have a hardware. If if you have a hardware Lemur and you order before uh, January the fifth, you're eligible for a fifty percent rebate. That's pretty cool. How much does it cost pre pre rebate? Pre rebate. I don't know. I'm gonna go look on the app store and then we will know. Fair enough. I presume the rebate is on the app. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's, it's forty nine ninety nine dollars, so about thirty five pounds. Hmm. But at the same time, okay, we are being—we're not being sneery, but we're—we're we're being a little dismissive. But at the same time, you have to put it to Lemur or Lemur. I'm just going to say Jazz Mutant that they know what they're doing in terms of interface design and touch stuff. So presumably, this is on the iPad is going to be a really good product. I mean, we would hope, given the experience they've got in this area. Yeah, well, they basically defined the area. If you think about it, I'm saying the yeah. for people who aren't aware, the very the very first set were the very first multi-touch devices. Yep, and they were they were incredible play. We've had had opportunity to touch touch two um, in various settings, and they were you know they were incredible pieces of hardware. You could program the interface to to change 
however you however you wanted it to. Nice. So it, it was so cool. You know what I mean? You could basically arrange sliders and buttons on this piece of glass as you wanted to, and then go and interact with them in real time. And then people plug well, people plug that into environments. You know, air processing, yeah. Max, Super Collider. It has an OSC out OSC library on into it, so you can go either way. So it makes perfect sense. But I look at this the area now, and if you think there's things like Touch OSC, so you know, what I mean, I, they're probably a bit more competition for them now rather than they once yeah. was. Yeah. But at the same time, we could look at this as a, a microcosm of the tech universe. This is what happens. A company comes along, they make a great advance, they, they, they break new ground on something, and then they rapidly get outstripped by other things. And on top of that, how, how we're, well, in hindsight, it should have been obvious that obviously more, that touch interfaces were going to become cheaper, and there was going to be a lot more than around, but they still couldn't have predicted the explosion of the iPad. Yeah, so, that's true. actually, if anything, they're able to keep up. Yeah. But we'll yeah. see. That's fair enough. That's cool. So, um, as as well as in in the show notes, as well as having the is we've obviously linked straight to the Lemure actual main site itself. But um, uh, create digital music CDM had a really great interview. Um, we're, we're oh. part of the team responsible for it, so we've also linked to the interview of that team there as well. Um, to their interview, and it goes into a whole lot of really really fine detail about it. Um. You know what I mean? So them, they themselves kind of make make mention of Touch OSC and just think, you know. Yeah. You yeah. I mean, they saying they they have the quick discussions you'd expect. So how come there's no Android option and all that sort of, you know, all those kind of arguments are there. So it's kind of you know, it, it's it's kind of cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's so it's a great part article, of me. So, yeah. Sorry. There was a part of me that was really hoping that the announcement was that they were going to give um, existing Lemur owners a uh, 50% rebate on an iPad. <laughs> but then they'd have to buy the app. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe not. So, and, and they've, they've said themselves that they, there's actually a bit, why not give a Lemur? Yeah. Why, why, why not give the app for free to people who have Lemurs? And they're just saying that it's... Um, you know, I mean, Line, which is the company Double I, who's taken over from Jazzmutant, they've taken the code and the concepts, but they are separate companies, and therefore there's there are issues in that sort of thing. So yeah. while they're offering a fifty percent refund to people who have Lemures, I think this is a you know, it's a different it's a different company working with this now. So yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, and that makes sense. It's that there is a big jump to to port something like that for such a substantial change. Yeah. But uh, yeah, sure, I'm up for that. Yeah, no, that's cool. But I, I thought the CDM article was really, really, was really detailed. Those guys do some great, great interviews and great stuff like that. So you know what I mean. As ever, we bow to Pete for CDM. As always, we acknowledge their their great stuff. But I've known people know CDM, so that's cool. <laughs> so um, a final bit of news. It's gonna. It is well. I was gonna say it is gonna be a short one, but then I look at the clock and realize it's like twenty plus minutes. So. It's still pretty short. It's 27 minutes, and we haven't quite made it. To, we've still got this and plunder, so, you know what I mean? We'll see how we do. So, uh, first, um, just as a quick reminder, uh, Max uh, Max UK, the M4U convention, January 13th to January 14th. Uh, the audio podcast is going to be there. We're going to be recording a show from there, so you should come see us and say hi. But they've Woo! also... Yeah, that's right, man. That is right. Feel it. But um, in addition to that, they've also actually released a schedule as well, so... Um, there's now full details as to what's going on. Friday the 13th, uh, 10 a.m., David Zaccarelli is going to be there. How to be better at Max. So 
it's and kind it's of... on in London in Phoenix Square. What's the actual venue? Leicester. Phoenix, um, it's Phoenix Square, Leicester. Oh, sorry. I, I saw the LE one, and for some reason my brain said London. No, no. Yeah, ignore Scott. Leicester. Ignore Scott. You're in Leicester. You're in Leicester. Phoenix Square, no. Leicester. <laughs> oh, dear. I think I thought it was SE one. Anyways. So we have a full uh, one, two, three-day convention for Max and MSP, presumably. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All fun stuff. We got David Zicarelli. I, I love that David Zicarelli's talk is called "How to Be Better at Max." It, it's just it's just a wonderfully simple way to start it off. This is how to do it well. Because yeah. so many people get into Max and then fall off it because it, it the curve is too high or they just don't find it. I, I think Max is is an easy program to fall out of if you're yeah. not constantly doing it. Yeah, de- de- definitely so. Definitely so. And um, there's people like the uh, Jamoma team are going to be there. Uh, closure. Uh, closure programming language, which has been getting quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of interest recently in the community as well. So, a compressed feedback synthesis, uh, something I'm kind of quite interested to go and hear a little bit about as well. So, well, should... I quite like the look of um, Ollie's Ollie's slot on. Uh, well, as is described, a workshop of interest to pro- Max programmers who lament the loss of Plugo and would like to get started making plugins in C plus plus. That's quite nice. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool, isn't it? That's, uh, yeah. So that's uh, Friday the thirteenth and Saturday the fourteenth. Um, yeah, go go check it out. Um, go, yeah. You can obviously find the link to the to the convention off the uh, show notes wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk. Um, and we're going to be there recording a show. So if you want to be on a tap, then you know what I mean. You can uh, yeah. Come you got any us. opinions that you that you want to throw out there and put out on the broadcast? Do come along and talk to us, and hmm. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, a lot be- of math fun. Oh, it's gonna be ace. It's gonna be ace. I really hope we get into like some major like ranting arguments with random people we've never met before. That'd be just funny. Well, it wouldn't be a convention if we didn't. Precisely. So, should we head off into the plunder? Yes, plunder on. Who are? <laughs> Arg is what I meant to say. <laughs> Farm plunder. All right, we got two items of plunder. First of all, the Sonic Talk podcast. Um, Sonic SonicState.com um, have have a podcast called Sonic Talk. I enjoyed this week's one, which was Grumpy Old Synthesists, and I thought it was really great. And I was like, you know what? I don't think we've ever mentioned it, so we should mention it. It's great. We should go listen. Go, go give it a listen. Obviously, after you've enjoyed Tap, but that's okay. We're at the end of this episode, so it's fine to go give it a listen. That's cool. Awesome. And then our other item, other item uh, the Mixing Secrets. So this is pretty, uh, th- this oh, is pretty I, incredible. I yeah. So uh, Mike... I've lost. I've forgotten his surname. Wait a minute. I'm gonna go grab this. I want to make sure we get this right here. So, um, Mike Senior, who a lot of people will know from Sound on Sound, has has a book out. Um, a, a book out. Mixing secrets for the a book out. A book out. Mixing yeah, secrets for the book. small studio. And as part of the additional re, additional online resources to the book, is a whole load of free multi-track downloads wow. of tracks he talks about. And this is like, there's bits of them, and then there's the full full track, full morning tracks as well. That's fantastic. So there's there's quite a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, yeah. that's a, I mean, that's how it should be done these days. You put all the resources up, everyone can download it and try it out for themselves. Yeah, that's I'm I'm glad you pointed this in my direction. I've got some mixing for you. I wouldn't mind taking a look through these. Yeah, definitely so. It looks but I like it. Awesome. Go on. Yeah. It, it's pretty awesome saying so, you get all of the... Um, 
you know all, all of all of the kind of stems off the money tracks to be used as you as you wish to some of the stuff is from sound on sound it's been mentioned in over sound on sounds and you know i mean i, I thought it was re a really 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 incredible resource so yeah but it's a huge resource i'm still scrolling down through it he's got like half a dozen tracks like punk rock metal metal ones hip-hop ones country blues and western he's covered yeah, a considerable gamut of um styles yeah it's pretty incredible, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, this is great work. I'm I'm certainly going to pass this on to my students as well. Yeah, definitely so. And I think there is also a, a mixing secret news mail email which you can sign up to as well. So, sweet. So when there's new materials up there and stuff like that, that's really great. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's really exciting. I'm 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 gonna you know I mean we we contact pretty much everybody we talk when we talk about stuff. Um, you know, I mean, so I'm definitely going to contact, make, make contact, but in the process, I'm going to, you know, do an invitation, see if he wants to come in the new year and chat with us. Yeah, be, I think cool. it's a really incredible resource and I'd like to, go. you know, it's cool to acknowledge it. So, yeah. Good call. So I think we've made it to all of this, all of the stuff. We've made it to 40 minutes. That's good. Not a short show, not a long show. Yeah, so just just about down the middle. So um, there will be another show next week, uh, Monday, seven o'clock at normal time, and that will be our final show before the break. Um, we haven't really decided when we're coming back after the break, but it won't be it won't be the first week of January. So we'll let you no. know. We'll Maybe let you know exactly. when it happens, Scott. Um, I believe you are uh, over the sea, for want of a better phrase, I, next I'm week. I'm over the bog. There, there will be no input from me next week. I'll be in sunny Ireland um, watching the sun on some television. Maybe there's sun somewhere else. And uh, the, the internet's a little bit too slow back where my parents live. So I don't think, I don't think voice, vo voice is uh, a, a, a possibility. But I'll be back after Christmas. Fantastic stuff. Cool. So um, uh, let's say, uh, so this was uh, show 39. Only one more show to Christmas. Jingle bells from me. Oh, I'll get that.